This week on the Podland Trailcasters. Nice show last night. I know. It's because I'm a superstar. I've got the window right on the other side of my screen here, which is a great spot to be. I love it. I, I can open it up. I get some sunlight. I can see outside occasionally. Nice natural but, lighting, yeah. Yeah, but my cats will not stop going on the windowsill, <laughs> and they use my desk as the springboard to get there. So, bro. What? Let's hurry up. Let's get to f***ing love hugs and oh. hate mail. I got hate mail, okay? Okay, I cool. actually got you ready. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, man. Oh, damn. You didn't, why didn't you say so? I would have been like jumping for like, let's get going. I don't really have ready. I just saw something this morning that's instantly my hate mail. So uh, I don't get paid because I, I, I'm knowledgeable about sports. I get paid because I don't clam up in front of a microphone like... Don't pick on the frozen envelope. It might end the, the, the frozen ping pong ball might benefit hey, the Blazers hey. this year, right? Like if Blazers want to do another alternate jersey, like you know, next year instead of doing the, the the carpet thing, go with that kind of direction. Like go with some sort of like some reference towards Dame's college or high school kind of team. You know, like just like you have a totally different color scheme, get some different design elements in there. This is a complex conversation. I, I enjoy talking about this with you, but we don't need to be talking about this right now. I, I, no. I'm gonna start my recording over so you don't have 20 minutes of nonsense to sift through <laughs> and find a clap. So, test, test, test. All right, we're back up. Cool. All right, three, two, one, clap, just so I can line it up with the uh, uh, the back importance. So, three, two, one, clap. Hello, Rip. City. To all of you. Oh, that felt good. To all of you, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, whether you're in town or out of town or in any corner of these worldwide interwebs, welcome to the Podland Trailcasters. Thank you for tuning in. I am the not so vanilla Hood River Gorilla, Keith Felner Smith, and here with me to balance this Hawaiian time Oregonian, we have the on time Hawaiian, the master of segues. We call him Mr. Professional because Burke time doesn't stop. Christopher Joseph Burkhart. What is up, my friend? He's here. He's here. He's here. That's why I said just here in that intro, I said, oh, that felt good. I interrupted you because, bro. Like... That's what the intro was really for is to get the get the fire and get the hearts back up here. I'm glad you interrupted. I'm glad that you just couldn't hold yourself back. Uh, I want to hear all of your thoughts. I want you unleashed on the pod today on the Trailcasters <laughs> listeners. I think our last pod, that was like the beginning of the month. We've had some some back and forth here. We've had some schedule issues. We, you know, some recovery time for me. It's been a minute. You know, we, 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 we took a break. Uh, then we made a pod. Then we took a break again. It's almost like, Chris, we rushed back after injury and then had to miss more time to get back <laughs> on our game and back on top of our schedules. Uh, that being said, though, Penny Simon's looking pretty good in his second return, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, Penny's looking great. <laughs> well, hey, hey see, see, that's how good of a day this is. Already, I've got a penny out of you. Already, we're only like <laughs> two minutes into the recording. I love it. Uh, I did it on purpose to see if you've noticed oh. the fact that you picked it up with like instantaneously. You're, just, <laughs> you're so predictable. Look, I even remember in the last episode, you were you were trying to give me a hard time. You're sending me some indirect hate mail through your dentist. <laughs> you're altering history, and before I could correct you, you said that you do it for the good of the pod or the love of the pod. I'm like, well, I, I can't even correct him then. I can't even. I just got to leave it in there. Just got to leave it as is. 
But uh, yeah, we'll get to Penny Simons and lots of other Blazer news. Like like I said, we have weeks to cover and, and recap here. Before we do, though, let's dive straight into our world-famous, internationally renowned, universally acclaimed love, hugs, and hate mail. I got to steal the lead from you on this today, though, Burkhart. I have to send some love to our guys Rocky, Goldner, Ike, and Terry for the chats last week. Chris and I couldn't get our schedules lined up, so some friends from our Discord hopped on instead for some great discussions. The first three fellows joined me for something of a Blazers Fans Anonymous session, where we were just venting about the turns the season has taken, everything that's come with it, from trade hopes to talking tanking without wanting to call it that, to, uh, let's say, proper etiquette when you join a fan group and and shouldn't be in there trying to use it as a time to hit on the women of said group terry and i talked the next day about how as blazers fans we can find the silver lining with all of this stuff how to handle some of the more negative or toxic parts of the fan base both days were great dialogues and unfortunately got screwed by some tech or software issues where it would have made a uh, kind of a rough or incomplete episode but sending love to all those guys for just some great conversations that we had and if you listener want to be part of these conversations what you've got to do obviously at this point is come and join the discord get involved with live episodes of this show get involved with conversations among fans like that whether it's uh in text or in audio other podcasters like ourselves we have other content creators local artists game access with a third bench like we mentioned just just you know observe proper etiquettes be cool also swag exchanges game night chats if you're not at the game yourself all of this by fans of the blazers for fans of the blazers like you like me come and join us in the discord the link is in the episode description mr burkhart where's your love going this week oh my love this one's easy my love is going to the the coin tower down in downtown portland you guys all know it it's uh, the beautiful brick building mm. with the nice blue cap it's just it's a, one of the nicer looking buildings in downtown portland if we're going to be honest and it's going into the coin six news offices and it's finding my good friend my my my, my former work travel partner the one the only jamie hudson and giving her all the love for working her ass off her ass off and being promoted from yes. part-time at Coin to now being full-time on there doing sports and weather and anything else they want her uh, to do. It's always nice to see co-workers, not just yourself. It's always nice when you get you get a little come up. But it's always nice to see people uh, that you worked with, that you know for a fact are deserving and work their ass off. And quite frankly... Uh, have been shit on multiple times before at their former employers uh, get a come up it's beautiful it's wonderful and she deserves it so all my love going to her because man she's great shout out to Jamie congratulations it's a huge move for her very happy for her. we got to get her back on here man this is the time of year this this uh, slow part of the of the end of the season winding down and as we get in towards off season this is when we got to get jamie in here get all of her insights get all of her her love and get you guys some banter around the water cooler again it's been a while yes yes we do my love is going to another one of our former co-workers from back at the nbc days chad doing uh one of your current co-workers over at ripsy radio not only that's my guy not only have you guys been nice enough to let trailcasters kind of fill the airspace on the radio when when there was a uh, room for it and i appreciate that it's been awesome and you've also been nice enough to have me on courtside on mondays which is a fan freaking tastic time this sunday i was at the clippers game or this sunday i was at the game against the clippers with my dad and my nephews shout out to dad adam and tyler it was a really fun time to go with you guys and we haven't gotten to go to as many games together, but yeah, it was, it was good to get one in this season, even if it wasn't the greatest game for the Blazers. But 
post game, we're walking out of the Rose Garden. We saw Chad in the hallway, and as soon as he saw me, just kind of like, oh my god, like took time, gives me a hug, says hi, asks how things are going. I introduce him to Adam, my nephew, and Adam is a huge fan of everything Blazers and basketball. Listens to the pod sometimes with his dad. I'm probably listening right now. Shout out Adam. Hey! Shout out CJ. Hey! Uh, I'm sure they listen to Rip City Radio as well. And you could see him. I think you could kind of see him connect the dots that this guy was another one of those voices that he might here now and then and that this is like you know, one of the blazer talkers and yeah he just he seemed to appreciate it, man it was it was a fun night with the family and it was good to see chad and yeah, he just he seemed in good spirits and it's, it's always nice to get that kind of warm welcome from uh, from a friend you haven't seen in a while and you said that's your your nephew yeah my brother's kids uh my, my... okay so uh, adam adam, right? adam okay well well if he's listening he better be listening because you know <laughs> uncle keith's pod is glorious but i did go into the work work yesterday to host the critically acclaimed trailblazers courtside ran into chad obviously because he was doing rip city drive and he's like hey ran into your boy keith at moda the other night oh, met, met his little cousin <laughs> his little cousin i'm like i think it was his nephew he's like i couldn't remember his cousin or nephew but they were awesome he was wonderful dude it was really cool so if adam's listening chad remembers well sh- chad remembers you you weren't just a fly on the wall he remembers meeting you well shout out to adam and tyler and, and cj and dad it's always good getting to go see a game with you guys uh, yeah, maybe next time we can uh, connect with more. Maybe we'll get to get a Burkhart sighting or go and see Sean Hyken or Travis over on Media Row. Well, we'll you know, we got to gotta connect the youths, get them fully engaged with the the Blazers culture. Uh, so I got a couple more love, hugs, and hate mail. You just got to get this all out here when we've had a few weeks off. I got to send some love to the loved ones and family of Bill Shonley. I know we went through this a while ago when, when the Shans passed, but... Last Monday, they had the celebration of life uh, at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. They had speakers including Kevin Calabro, Bill Walton, Terry Porter, Dame was there, Chris Dudley, Ron Wyden. Uh, very cool event held for a, a, a very cool uh, heart and soul of Rip City that, like we said before, we will we will miss him, but he lives on uh, by remembering him in, in awesome ways like this. Absolutely. Third and final love for this week, going over to our guy... Ian Carmel, uh, Ian Carmel, <laughs> all the way from back doing the the local comedy stuff around here, doing stuff for uh, was it the Mercury or was it Willamette Weekly that he had a little column in. Do you well, you know, he, he, it was one of the two. But little little, little Ian Carmel also got to start as some little company known as uh, Comcast Sports oh, Northwest. He worked his way up to that. Eventually turned into NBC Sports Northwest. So you know, he stopped over at Comcast. He stopped over at Comcast and he went down to LA. He got big. He's got an excellent comedy podcast as well. All fantasy, everything. Go and listen to that if you haven't checked it out. It's a fantastic time. But we have to add another title to Ian Carmel's resume. He is officially now the Sasquatch Hunter. They had a whole bit this last last couple weeks where a couple clips put out by the Blazers featured Ian as a Sasquatch Hunter going around trying to find the legendary beast around the Portland area. And this connected by having some old photos of the Blazers mascot from the 80s, uh, a big old Sasquatch uh, that then was eventually, I think, replaced by a Dalmatian and then replaced by Blaze the Trailcat. It was, it, was, it was a fun bit, a couple good clips, uh, which culminated in, I think it was at the New York game, about a halftime of the, of the New York game or after the third quarter or something like that. They had Ian out on the court at the Rose Garden and introduced the Blazers' new mascot, Douglas Fur fur chris like a fur tree because he's a sasquatch who lives out in the woods what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on our on our new mascot here i mean i guess everyone deserves a second chance but if you really <laughs> loved him you would have stayed with him from the 80s on right 
I think there's only one team that should be allowed to have a Bigfoot mascot, and that team needs to come back to Seattle, oh. and Squatch <laughs> needs to take his rightful place uh, as the Bigfoot mascot. Or maybe this is all setting up Bigfoot wars. Like, one, like maybe somewhere along the line. But actually, they're not the same, because like that guy's Squatch. This guy's Bigfoot. Ah. Uh, there's still room for someone to take on a Yeti. Yeah, there you go. Uh, because they're you know, uh, different terms here. Uh, but no, I, I, I like Sasquatch. Uh, being the mascot for the Sonics, and I miss the Sonics just because I miss the I five rivalry. But objectively, the uh, a Bigfoot mascot for a team in the Northwest is just perfect. And honestly, if we've got to be completely honest, a Bigfoot mascot for the Blazers is still objectively better than a Dalmatian or a Trail Cat. <laughs> That's kind of like, where I was going too. I was never too bothered by Blaze being the Trail Cat, but I'm certainly more of a dog guy. If this is supposed to be some sort of Bobcat or Cougar or Puma kind of thing, I prefer. Like that, well, that may be regional for us up here, but I prefer the idea of, of a Dalmatian. But over both of those, give me the Bigfoot, man. Give me something that's very Northwestern. Yeah. Give me something very kind of, you know. The Dalmatian, maybe it makes sense. Maybe it was around the same time. You remember when the Blazers tried to put out that, it, like, they ran with it for just a few years. The objectively awful secondary logo that was the basketball, the with, basketball the with the flames coming off I of have it. a hat with that on it. I f***ing love that hat, but it is not a good logo. It is not no, good. It's cool to like the hat, and it's cool to look at that logo and be like, oh, that's kind of fire, pun intended. But at the same time, like that is an objectively f***ing yeah, blazer it's logo. It's not good. Like, what are, what are we doing here? Oh, and we changed the pinwheel, and, and, and like, oh, yeah, we're going to go edgy and pointed and all weird. It's like, dude, like, just... I feel honestly like the, the biggest objection that fans had to it during the debut was just kind of the characterization of the face. He has one of these, uh, unlike yeah. Blaze, where it's the big felt kind of cat thing, you have this kind of plastic, almost like resembling like Enchanted Forest type stuff, where it's like there's a kind of yeah. plastic Cheshire grin stuck in a smile. I saw someone mock up some sunglasses over his eyes and suddenly he looked <laughs> way cooler because it's, it's the Sasquatch with the plaid uh, vest and the mm -hmm. beanie and the rest. I, I'm not against it, man. It fits my Northwest hippie stonery vibes. Uh, I'm I'm here for the Sasquatch. You know, screw Seattle. They can they can come up with something else when they come back. Unless if they come back as the Sonics and they want the Squatch back, then we can have some some Squatch Wars. But I, I'm I'm here for uh, for Douglas fur. I like it. And if we have to have a uh, a, a little duality here between Blaze the Trailcat and Doug fur the the Bigfoot, it begs the question: Why stop it too? This was brought up on our Discord. <laughs> Shoot some hoops and Ike brought this up on our Discord, saying like, "Why stop at two? Why? Why is why do why are we limited now? Are there any other teams with two? So if we're gonna break barriers here, why not just keep going?" I said, "Why not go for seven? Have one for every game in a playoff series where they only get to come out if you get to game six and seven. So you gotta like rotate mascots through the whole series. Could be a fun uh why not have seventy-seven. Hey, there and see now we're getting into just milestones and nostalgia. And Dave on Discord also asked a question. Does this spell the end for Blaze? Is Blaze going to trail cat heaven? Do you think this implies anything, Chris? Like, it, it is groundbreaking. No. There aren't other teams that have done the double mascot thing, but do you think this is uh, any sort of signal for any sort of doom? No, because history shows the doomed mascot's always the second one. Just go down oh. to Eugene and see what happened with Mandrake, okay? That lasted for like an hour. All right, that's been a lot of love, though. We're, we're a good 15 minutes in. Let's move on to some hugs. How about your hugs, Mr. Burkhart? Who's getting your hugs this week? I'm gonna send my hug to, to my my oldest child, and the the just the pure joy of innocence of childhood. So, my my daughter, she's seven years old, and we got in the car today uh, to take her to school, and and I go to drop her off. Well, I'd clean the car the day prior, and let me tell you what: if you have kids, you understand how incredibly disgusting and dirty a car can get. <laughs> so it, it was a multi trash bag thing. 
Well, I found a, a LeBron James toy from Space Jam for okay, okay. A, a Happy Meal they got a while back. So I put the toy in the car seat so they could have it when they got in the car the next day. We get in the car today, she's playing with it. And she's like, Dad, why does this guy have all these tattoos? And I'm like, because that toy's a representation of a real person and the real guy has tattoos. And the toy has a shooter sleeve too. And she's like, what about this cast? Why does he have a cast on his arm? I'm like, it's not a cast, it's a sleeve. And then she gets confused, right? She's like, but it's not attached to his shirt. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's a shooter sleeve. So I pop up a picture of LeBron James and I show her a real picture of LeBron and she's like, oh, I get it now. I go, you want to know something cool? She goes, what? I go, I've talked to him in real life before. And she's like, what? <laughs> when? And I'm like, well, remember when dad used to go to all the Blazer games and he talked to the athletes? Well, after the game, I'd have to go talk to him. And he was one of the athletes I had to talk to one time. And she's like, she's like, that's cool. And then she doesn't put it all together, though. She's like, have you ever seen him play? <laughs> and I go, yeah, I've seen him play lots of times. And she goes, she goes, that's cool. I go, guess what? She goes, what? I go, you've seen him play. What? She's like, gives me all. She gets, she's like, what? I'm like, remember a couple years ago when I took you to your very first Blazer game? I've taken her to one. Okay. Okay. And I haven't got a chance to take my other daughter to one either because you guys got you guys got to remember I'm working on Blazer. Yeah, yeah, games. yeah. These are your hours. So I don't get a chance to take my family. But in that year break where I was laid off, I had a chance, and and Travis Demers, obvious friend of the show, friend of everyone, good friend of mine, shout out, uh, gave me gave me his tickets for the game, so I could take my daughter. And it was against the Lakers. So I told her, I'm like, well, when we went to that one Blazer game, it was against the Lakers and LeBron James plays for the Lakers. You've seen him play in real life. Her eyes got the size of softballs. There was an audible clunk as her jaw hit the, hit the floor of the parking garage. And she's like, that is so awesome. Like she freaked out about how cool this was. And it was just like, man, like, just the bliss of being a kid and just the little tiny things that just make your day. Yeah. She's just like, you just gotta give her a hug. Parenthood is awesome. Aww. So that's that's where my hug goes. It was a good little good little moment. That's cute, man. That's awesome. I love it. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice heartwarming hug. My hug, my, my first hug, I've got two today, is going to the CarMax game quotes. I, I don't know if you've seen many of these since, again, the. The game time is your hours, usually in the studio. I'm not sure if you're paying too much uh, close attention to the broadcast, especially once it goes to commercial or when it's getting to the post game and you guys are probably trying to get ready for your own post game. But the CarMax game quotes, you know, you and I have talked about needing to find the positives in these losses, right? We're, we're trying to find the things to enjoy as a fan. And I'm enjoying these quotes because there have been some fans having some fun with making some fake graphics that go up on Twitter after the game. Uh, so the Blazers will put out a uh, a CarMax game quotes graphic with Chauncey or one of the players uh -huh. and, and, you know, some qu quick little soundbite or quick little uh, clip about the, uh, the action that night. Usually recently it's been about losses. And especially with Chauncey's, man, they just, they tend to fall a little flat. They tend to sound a little generic, a little less than sincere. You know, it's not really filling you up as far as a fan that is looking for some sort of sustenance and some sort of way to feel better after a loss. So, yeah, these fake ones that have been coming out, man, I, I don't even want to quote any of them because it's someone else's work and I'm not trying to be too uh, disrespectful. But uh, <laughs> they they are worth a good laugh. So, hugs to all the fans. Uh feeling the pain but uh special hugs to those who are dealing with it the right way and making some really comedic graphics there you go 
Second hug, real quick follow-up then. Uh, going out to the Kings fans. This is the, fir this is the first season for the Sacramento Kings, finishing above 500 since 2006. Almost 20 years, man. This would be love for the Kings fans because you got to feel good for another fan base that's getting to experience some joy like that. But we face Sacramento twice next week, so just just, just be gentle, Sacramento. Just just be yeah. nice to us, Kings. Uh, you know, just, just leave it in some hugs. Just remember, we, we wasn't hate. Not hating on you for having a good good record, good season. Just a little jealous over here in Portland. How about your hate mail, Chris? Where's your hate mail going this week? Who deserves your ire? Here's the thing. If you dove in to this podcast right now, you missed the first few minutes. You missed our love. You missed our, our hugs. You, you, you started right on hate mail. How dare you? You would be confused. You'd be confused. I think people would probably be confused because you're like, into this podcast at any point. But go ahead true but listen you'd be confused because you'd be like is this a new episode or is this an old episode because this hate mail it's like deja vu oh. and it happens all the bloody time we've got a callback slow news day apparently but i get on the i get on social media because that's what i do i wake up i fire up twitter just like in the old days they woke up you walked out to your driveway, you picked up your Oregonian, opened it up, and you read the newspaper. What's going on I wake today? up, I check Twitter. One scroll, one thumb, one scroll. What do I see? Stephen A. Smith says Damian Lillard should have left Portland years ago. The quote, Damian Lillard is one of the great, great guards in the game has ever seen. He's given the organization everything he's had. It hasn't worked. He should have left that organization. Why? Why do we continue to put out this boring, tired trope over and over and over and over and over and over and over? And the amount of overs I just gave it wasn't enough to justify the amount of times these big national talking heads put out this exact same bullshit every freaking week. Oh, he should have left. He's not doing it there. The organization, he's giving them everything. Shut up. <laughs> I, it, the, 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 the thing that makes this so ludicrous is the fact that this man, Damian Lillard, comes out continuously to talk about how much he enjoys this organization, loves representing the city, doesn't want to do it the, the, the easy way, would rather end without a ring than go chase one, blah, blah, blah. The dude is comfortable. He goes home at night, puts his head on his pillow, and he rests easy. So why the hell are you worrying about what the hell that man's gonna does with his career? Because he's <laughs> fine with the way his career's played out. Secondarily, as I've said before on this podcast, it's the lunacy of if he leaves, he's a ring chaser. Right. But if he right. stays, he's making a bad decision. Like if if Damian Lillard does, if Damian Lillard tomorrow asks for a trade, and in the offseason, the Blazers trade him to somewhere. He goes to L.A. and he plays with LeBron and A.D. and he wins a ring. Everyone's going to say, yeah, yeah, he didn't do it the hard way, though. He chased that ring. Yeah. He see, he saw a chance to go, why is there just no loyalty in the NBA anymore? <laughs> I do not care that Kevin Durant went to Golden State and won a ring. He did what was best for his career, and at that point, that's what he felt. I can debate how it would have made sense for him to go to another team because they have really good pieces in that organization that would really, really mesh with his skill set. Okay. So when I talk about this stuff, cause I know there's someone going to go out there. Well, you talk about players being traded all the time. This is, I talk about it in terms of basketball and how 
the skill set of Team X can fit with the skill set of Player Y, okay? But I'm not gonna talk about the player's mental decisions and how he's making a bad choice for his career and his legacy, and but because that's not my decision to make. That's theirs, and they sleep fine. Like, Kevin Durant wanted a ring. Kevin Durant's end goal was to win a ring. Didn't matter where it was. He just wanted to say he was an NBA champion. He accomplished. Good for him. Yeah, you got it Damian done. Lillard has said over and over that he just he's loyal to Portland. He wants to be here. He wants to try to win it his way. He's doing what's best for his career. What he think good for him. Now, you and I have talked about the possibility of trading, Dame. You are obviously team anti. At the beginning of the year, I, I broached the topic talking about how it would make sense if you were a general manager to understand how you could get assets, uh, return on your investment, how Damian... But again, that was all within basketball terms, right? Yeah. The whole totally. debate I was making with you was about how it would make sense for Dame to go to uh, Team X because they're, they're built very well for his skill set, how it would make sense for Portland because they get... It was never about Damian Lillard making poor decisions for Damian Lillard. Right, right. Right? I just find it so annoying and so ludicrous that these talking heads cannot leave Damian Lillard out of their mouth. <laughs> Where is Will Smith when you need him? Someone needs to come up, slap the <laughs> out of Stephen A. Smith, and say, leave Damian Lillard's name out your <laughs> mouth! Because it's just nonsense that this talking point is repeated over and over and over again, despite the man that it's about trying to put it to bed multiple freaking times. I think it's, I think it's so rude honestly, to continue to have the platform that Stephen A. Smith does or any of those big talking heads and to talk down on a man as a man. It's just like, if you want to talk about basketball, like we just said, that's one thing. But when you start, oh, it's a, he's making bad decisions for his career. And his, you're talking about the man at that point. And I, I just, I can't get behind that. I think it's crazy. Let, let me ask you, when we talked about this last week, when this came up before, Stephen A. is, uh, I, I, like we discussed that part of this is, is Stephen A., having his own fan bias. He wants to get him on, he wants to get Dame on his New York Knicks. But the other side was that Stephen A is using that kind of that false narrative about uh, small markets, right? Saying that Portland uh, yes! Portland just uh, doesn't deserve Dame, the small market's never going to work for Dame. You listed off a bunch of other teams with small markets and stars that have been doing fine and no one's calling for, for their release. Did he have something different this week? Was there some other uh, some other new angle he's taking at it? Or is this, like like you said, is he, is Stephen A basically out of options, out of out of no, uh, Stephen shots? A's so, out of material. So, he, so his only option at this point is trying to just attack yeah. Dame. Uh, no, they're out of material. And the crazy part is, is like, you know, last time it was about how uh, he would be a he would be a superstar if he played in New York or he played in a big city because right. he, he he is hurting his legacy. You want to know how big of a star Damian Lillard is in the grand scheme of things is the fact that week in, week out, you find a way to finagle him into the script and talk about him because, you know, this does one thing to you. And what is that? Clicks. Engagement. Yep. Ratings. Clicks. Portland must be way bigger than anybody thought <laughs> or way way more important than anyone thought if you continue to use its star for your engagement, right? And again, I do not care about talking about player movement. That's par for the courts. But if your argument is the Blazers need to move on from Dame because the team's not built well, they need to maximize that the, the asset that they have in him. They need to get as much return as they can. And these are teams that I think Dame should go play for because they would fit his skill set really well. I'm fine with that. And to be completely honest, I think the players are fine with that because they know that that, that conversation is par for the courts. You start talking about the man and his and his decisions. And it's like, dude, like, 
there's only one person in this world that knows the right decision for Damian Lillard. That's Damian Lillard. Mm. There are points where you talk about player movement that it makes sense within the grand scheme of things. And again, and I think that's when you stick it, stick strictly to basketball. But when you start pulling in these external things that don't matter, because guess what? Damian Lillard's legacy doesn't matter. A player's legacy is something that we make up. And what he does for him and the legacy he wants to leave for himself, we don't know what that legacy is. Well, except with Dame, we do because he's told us. Right. He's pretty he vocal to, he's, he's loyal to Portland. And he wants clear. to do it his way. Yeah. He's not he's not ring chasing. He, he's not saying that the only thing that matters to him is is winning or getting right. to the very top. He is very openly stated multiple times that he is taking care of his family, that he's he has a good life with his loved ones. And if he gets a ring, it's icing, but it's not the cake. I want to come down the same road, but from the other angle real quick. Who do you think, Chris, is going to be more of a ring chaser this summer and come to Portland? Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo? Really? We're doing this? No, it's, it's very much a rhetorical because obviously it's, yeah, the, neither one of People, those teams is going to trade them. We went, Giannis being a small market as well, like, there, it would be absurd. Yeah, it would be absurd we went down this road yesterday on courtside. <laughs> and we talked about it on and, Discord too. Yeah, there's this large sect of people who think that M- Embiid is on his way out in Philly. Why? Why, why would they want to move on from a guy who is uh, firmly in the MVP conversation right now? Oh, but he wants out. Who told you that? Your, your, your uncle's neighbor's son who you went to school with 20 years ago who knew a guy who knows a guy? Like, what, like uh, there's it, no indication, really, that he is super disgruntled. It's all the GMs the I talk con- to, Chris. All the, all the GMs that I have connected. Yeah, you know, right, they're GMs of my right. fantasy league, but you know, still, they, they say that he's wanting to leave. Giannis is exactly to Milwaukee what Damian Lillard is to Portland. Completely, yeah. A star in a small market who owns the city, who has given back to the community tenfold, just like Damian Lillard has here, and who stated over and over and over again his loyalty to Milwaukee. Yeah, he wants to stay in Milwaukee. To the fact that after they there. won the ring, he sarcastically said, well, I won the ring. I guess I could, uh, I can, yeah. I can move on now <laughs> yeah. and find a different city to play in. And it's funny because that, that didn't make GM... headlines. That didn't become a headline for no. weeks and months, did it? Right. But what GM wants to be the GM who traded Giannis and Tenkupo. And what team has the haul of, of assets to give them to get a player of that caliber? Because it certainly ain't Portland. Like, it'd be wonderful. It'd be a great summer if Giannis or, or, or Embiid were a Blazer. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, a- now, to, now, I do think there, there, there's a, a better chance of Embiid being moved than Giannis, sure, honestly. Yeah, okay. um, now we're getting into it. I still don't really... I just really don't see it happening. I, I just don't because I think Philly, like the difference between Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Damian Lillard, and this is zero, zero disrespect to Damian Lillard, it's the fact that uh, Joel Embiid being the super uber talented center that he is, and Giannis Antetokounmpo being the super uber talented five tool guy, the guy who can play one through five no matter what, you can put four guys around them and feel the competitive team. You could put four random guys around and feel the competitive team. Damian Lillard being a point guard in the NBA, undersized at that. Yeah. Undersized point guard. History. The history shows you that you have to have a very, very specific roster around that guy. You cannot put four random people around that player and have a very good team. Undersized point guard. That's not a defensive lock too. It makes it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you can with a guy who's as skilled as Giannis, and you can with a guy who plays the position that Embiid does. But it makes it so much harder with Dame. So that's why I find it hard to sell that if they lose a piece in the offseason, 
that they won't just try to replenish the cupboard around the guy that is the face of their franchise rather than say, oh, we're done. Move on. I think there's an aspect that you haven't looked at here that you're kind of missing so far. And that is that even if Joe Cronin were able to pull off, uh, forget Giannis. That, that, uh, Giannis is a pipe dream, but Embiid. Okay, so let's say there's a faint possibility that Cronin can swing Embiid to Portland. You'd still have people like KJ hey. saying Cronin's a bad GM. My hate mail this week, Chris, is also a callback. How about that? I didn't know that you were bringing one back from, from last week, bringing up this nostalgia here on Trailcasters, but I also have a callback to some of our previous hate mail. My hate mail this week is going to the dying RSN model of broadcast. I, I, I heard this from Mike Richmond on Locked On. Go and check out Locked On Blazers if you haven't already, as if you need me to tell you about that one. Shout out to Mike. He has a great show, uh, daily episode covering the Blazers. And one thing he talked about recently is something that you and I, Chris, have talked about many times in the past. The the RSN model of broadcasting games is just it's it's just not working. You and I have been talking about this for the last two years, even how after the Blazers left NBC and went to Root, how little Root has invested in new content. Like Kevin Lamar and Brooke, uh, these guys are all Blazers employees, so that's obviously separate. Just to make sure everyone's clear on that, I'm not talking about the job those guys are doing, but there are not other shows being made there's not a lot of other content being created around the team because root doesn't have to roots we talked i think a couple weeks ago about how warner is warner has announced that they are kind of bowing out of the rsn model as well so that's gonna change the situation for blazers fans viewing whenever whenever this all gets resolved but in addition to all that we've also seen the mls start up with their apple tv model and so you know nba has league pass but it has its own problems so my, my question for you i guess from all this what does the future of nba viewing look like for blazer fans hell if i know <laughs> yep hell if i hell, hell if i know I, I i honestly think that i think amazon is going to end up being a very very big player uh in all this in the long run i do believe uh during negotiations this last go around they were kind of dipping uh, their name in that hat. I think you see what's going on right now with Apple TV and MLS, um, I think is, is, is a huge indicator of where some of these sports may go because that basically kicked out the, that, that kicked out the RSN model for everyone. Right. right? And Apple said, Nope, we're taking over. Yep. We're just going to broadcast the, the league wide and we're going to have our own setup. We're going to make it accessible to everybody, which was a smart move. Um, no blackouts, right? That, that that's one thing I think a lot of these these organizations need to, or these streamers need to do, uh, whether it's Amazon or Apple, is find ways to get as much eyeballs on the product and get rid of the outdated blackout restrictions. Right. Blackout restrictions make zero sense anymore. Um, so I, but I do think you're going to look at platforms like, uh, like an Amazon, like an Apple. Um, what about? I would not be. Sh uh, what could Blazers just do it themselves? Like we've talked about this. No, before. there's no. I don't think that. I don't think that's going to happen. That's just the same reason that, even though the Blazers are in house, right, right, in the fact that Blazers broadcasting broadcasts everything for the game. Yeah, they're already doing a lot of but it. But they, but they outsource it to 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 the RSN is because the amount of overhead that goes into taking the product from the camera that you're filming it on getting it distributed via satellite or fiber cables, right. whatever you're using to get that set up to the cable network so that it gets out to the streaming server like that. It's distribution. That part is why that is why they go to these companies that already have that in place and know what they're doing. Yeah. Look at the WWE network, for example. Okay. So the WWE network, WWE started their own streaming service. 
okay? And they had all of their product available right there. You could go to www.network.com. You could search everything, find everything, watch all the programs there. But then NBC came in and offered them money to take it over. And the reason that they took it over was because A, the overhead, uh, or excuse me, the reason WWE so willingly let them take it over was because A, the overhead cost involved with creating your own streaming service and monitoring that service. And then the amount of work that goes into making sure that that streaming service and all that stuff is getting distributed properly. So you can say, okay, well, we're gonna let you take over our process and we're just gonna give it to you and you are now responsible for getting it to the consumer. The company being NBC, who has been in the get the product to consumer business for a long time, that means WWE Network too. Like WWE doesn't have a WWE TV network. They've always aired on the USA Network, right? Right, okay. Or TNT or whatever they've changed to. But the point was they filmed this product, they sent it to USA Network, and then it was USA's network responsibility to get the product to the consumer. So there's always been that middleman. And these leagues, these individual teams, I don't know if they have the resources to get that part done and get it done effectively. So you can go to an Amazon or an Apple or these other companies who have already invested in that part of the product and and then let them take care of getting the product to the consumer. You just take care of building the product. That's why it makes sense for them to continue to sign on with RSNs and continue to to go that way rather than in-house. I think it maybe it would change uh, eventually because I think streaming and all these different availabilities become uh, easier to do. Um, but I, I, until they have the overhead power to do it, I don't see it. So I would see much more, like I said, an Amazon coming in. And look what Amazon's done uh, already with uh, Thursday Night Football, right? And, and taking over that, that NFL package. And so I, I think so many people would be going into, okay, I'm going to log into Prime Video. There's my NBA pass, whatever. I can watch everything. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, not necessarily for the Blazers. Excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised if a company like Netflix gets into the live sports streaming business because look at the success they've had with Full Swing and Drive to Survive, these sports documentaries, right? Mm, okay. So they're in uh, a Last Chance You is another one of theirs. Their in-house sports docs have done wonders. So they know that there is a appetite for sports content from their consumer. So when they see Apple get into it and Amazon, who is Prime Video, right, is a competitor to Netflix, they see them getting into that. Peacock goes and Peacock has uh, the WWE Network, but they also have Motocross. They have the rights to IndyCar Racing. So they have live sports broadcasting on their streaming platform as well right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix doesn't get into that as well because Netflix has long been the king of streaming until everyone else showed up and brought their own unique perspective, their own unique products. And now everyone else is uh, competing with Netflix and Netflix has fallen back a little bit. So a quick way for Netflix to, 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 to re you know, introduce itself, so to speak back into the market proper is to get in on that live sports broadcasting. So uh, I would look at, I would still continue to look at big companies like that, Keith, so that the team doesn't have to foot that overhead bill and then be on the hook for, you know, making sure that gets to the consumer at all times. Jeff Curtin has enough on his plate, making sure <laughs> that the broadcast itself looks good. Uh, the last thing he needs is text messages going, uh, why is your stream not working? <laughs> uh, if someone texts him now, he can just say, yeah, uh, yeah, take that up with my IT department. 
Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. <laughs> or Roots IT department. Oh, that's not really the yeah. best solution either. All right, listeners, that does it for Love, Hugs, and Hate Mail this week. And that is where we're going to cut the episode off for the day. It was so good to be back on the pod with Chris today after a hectic March with the personal non-podcast schedules kind of keeping things from happening for most of the month. We had almost another two solid hours of actual in-depth basketball talk the other day, but instead of making these mega episodes that are maybe a little hard to digest for some people, I'm trying to do a better job of breaking these up where we have our love hugs and hate mail each weekend and then starting your week off right with some in-depth Blazers basketball analysis and theoreticals. So enjoy your weekend with some lighthearted love hugs and hate mail from your friends over here at Trailcasters. And we'll see you in a few days for more deep dives into what's going on with the team. But for now, in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, all of you Discordians who took part in the dialogues with me over the last couple weeks. And most of all, thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Check the episode description for the link and come and join us on Discord. Thank you again, and please come back in just a few days for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Trailcasters.